to Ouija Broads. This is Liz. This is Devin. Devin, I have a greatest of all time for you. What is it? I have a legend of the West. Oh, yeah? I have the Queen of the Plains, the famous woman scout, the beautiful white devil of the Yellowstone, the buckskin bell, oh the God. hellcat in leather breeches, <gasps> Calamity Jane. Oh, I'm just going to sit and be in love. It's time for Calamity Jane, everyone. I can't wait. <laughs> long time coming, and I will yes. be coming for a long time. <laughs> so I have two main resources for this that I want to acknowledge up front so I don't forget. One is Speaking Ill of the Dead, Jerks in Montana History. Mm-hmm. Calamity Jane is not exactly a jerk, but she's an interesting somewhat abrasive individual yeah so it was a she, helpful she's not resource. what you would necessarily say is a good guy let's see somebody had this great quote about her let me see if i can find it oh of course i'm gonna yeah you can't find it now i think they said something along the lines of she's wild but she's not bad yeah and i think that's jane so there's that and then there's also this great book called the calamity papers Ooh. which is not exclusively about her but has a lot of great western mysteries okay and i have to say almost everything about calamity jane's life is legend yeah and we know the rule on ouija broads when the legend becomes fact you print the legend. You print the legend. My goodness, you she, print the legend. <laughs> she was very good at marketing. She was very good at her at, at developing her own legend. And we'll talk mm. more about kind of what that's added. Okay. So she was probably born around 1848 or 1850 on the East Coast to a farm family. Okay. Her, her birth name is Martha Canary. I've also seen it pronounced cannery, uh-huh. or heard it pronounced, I guess. But I think it's because she was, it seems likely, functionally illiterate for much of her life. Yeah. So sometimes she'll spell canary with two N's. Okay. And so I can see why they got cannery. Cannery, sure. From that. <gasps> She's born in either 1844, 1848, or 1852. <laughs> we don't know. In either Illinois or Missouri. Pick one. Who cares? (laughs) Out on the East Coast. And that's not the East Coast. What's that? Illinois and Missouri are not the East Coast. It's not the West. It's not the West. She's not in the psychological or the geographic West at this point. Right. There have been many things said about what her parents did, but we only have so much ground to cover. They were not society folks. Let's just leave it at that. And they weren't making good money on the farm, so they said, okay, let's go out to the gold fields in southwestern Montana territory. So it takes them five months to get out there, and they arrive in Nevada City. Okay. Again, confusing. That all these places are named like, oh, this is Nevada City. You're like, and it's not in Nevada? And it's not Nevada? Cool. Uh-uh. Not confusing at all. No. <laughs> no. The story goes that her father was gambling and her mother was working as a sex worker. Oh, okay. As Madam Canary. And this somehow doesn't pay out. Uh, my guess is that her father was losing the money faster was than her spe- mother yeah. could make it. Yeah, I was uh, going to say only one of those are profitable. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't the gambling. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think gambling is like a a multi-level marketing scheme or something. You're oh, like, God. yeah, a couple people get rich off this, but yeah. trust me, it's not going to be you. Uh-uh, it isn't. Nope. Oh, yeah, and here's another good confusing one. So, Martha and her sisters go to Virginia City, also in Montana. God Don't damn worry it. about it. <laughs> Lazy. <laughs> and they're begging. The family is on hard times immediately, basically. Okay. They move around, they go to Blackfoot City, and Madame Canary, you know, Martha's mother, Mm -hmm. passes away. The Canaries move to Utah, the father also dies. So with no parents around, the kids split up. Okay. Yeah. Which is rough, but, you know, not completely unheard of. Not surprising. And it kind of depends on how old Martha is at this point. To know yeah. how devastating it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, how old actually is she? So if it's 1866, she's solidly in her early 20s. Or if she was born in 1852, then she's 14. And right. that sucks extra. But also, as we learned from the whole Witch's Castle thing, by the time you were 14 or 15, you were basically yeah. as adult as society was ever going to consider you. So yeah, fuck it. exactly. You get married, whatever. Yeah. There's this recurring thread... Through Jane's life. And I'll just call her Jane through a lot of this because that's the name she liked to be known by and the name that we know her by. Where we've encountered this before, where societally we really like to put people in the category of sex worker and not sex worker. Yeah. And it's pretty clear that Jane would go to bed with people... Pretty much at the drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. Not No shame in that game. Fuck no. And she also would do it if you were like, well, I'll buy a drink. <laughs> or I'll give you $5. And so I feel like the distinction is pretty meaningless between, except for, I don't know, tax purposes. I guess. For someone who will occasionally sleep with people for money and somebody who does it full time. Right. Uh, I don't really know, but apparently that's because that's a meaningful category in how we observe and report women's sexuality. There's a lot of discussion about right. whether Jane was a sex worker or not. Right. And I'm like, uh, I think what's throwing a lot of the, I'll say it, male historians is she also had other jobs. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I was a full time food service worker, but I also have other jobs in my life. Like, it's just a job. Guess it's what? It's just a job. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't really matter if she was getting sex with a little bit of extra money or if someone was giving her money and she was also having the fun of sex. Yeah. Because yeah. to me, it sounds like you were you were getting laid and you were also getting drinks. Getting laid and getting paid. What's not to like? What's not to like? So after her family splits up because her parents have passed away, there's a period in her life that's of differing levels of romance depending on how she spins it later. Okay. She consistently has a reputation as a camp follower. Yeah. So somebody who will find an area where there are people who would like a sex worker to be there, and then she will be there. She is the food truck of sex, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) She goes where there are hungry people. Her version later when she was more famous was that she worked in a saloon at an Mm -hmm. army post just outside of butte 
which never existed. Oh, God. And she sang, and she learned how to drink and swear and play cards and got real tough and reckless, and she wasn't afraid of anything. And either way, this is really the turning point at which Jane went from, okay, we're broke and this sucks and we're moving around a lot, to I'm going to hold my own against anybody anywhere nice in the wild west so the question of how does a woman whose name is martha canary become calamity jane yeah the jane is probably or at least this is the explanation that makes the most sense to me you know how we call guys who buy sex johns yeah we used to call women who sold sex janes oh Apparently, we only carried one of those forward. I don't know why. (laughs) But it's also kind of like a default name, right? Like a Jane Doe or something like that. Or Jane Q Public. Right. So there may have been that going into it. It's not really clear. Calamity Jane, in later years, wrote an about six-page autobiography, which was mostly ghostwritten and almost entirely bullshit. Wait, and it but was how many pages? About six. I heard that right. Wow. Yep. <laughs> she charged a quarter for it. It was pretty bold <laughs> for late 1800s. Yep. In her version, she rescued Lieutenant James Teddy Egan from imminent death at the hands of a band of Lakota Sioux. Mm-hmm. And he dubbed her Calamity Jane. And he said, no, she's <laughs> a damned chippy. And I kicked her out of the army post I was working on when I found her living in the enlisted men's barracks. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Some people say it's because if you saw her, trouble was going to happen. Some people said that she got the name because if you were in trouble, she would help you out. Okay. And also, in the 19th century, calamity was slang for sexually transmitted infections. Oh! So, a calamity Jane is like a clappy hooker. A clappy hooker. Wow! (laughs) Calamity Jane rings so much nicer. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And so, I like the idea that... It's a testament to her notoriety and her intensity and her fearlessness. Yeah. It's a multi-purpose name. That's great. It works on many levels. And profoundly, profoundly memorable. Absolutely. That is, (laughs) as a marketer, that is marketing right the fuck there. That is some solid branding. Solid branding. If you're naming, like, women of the Wild West, she's going to be one of the first ones you come up with. Oh, yeah. And, and then often you're sitting there going, well, what, what was she actually good at? <laughs> like, yeah, what was it? I don't know. She's, she's not Annie Oakley. Like, she wasn't a trick shooter. She wasn't, yeah, right? She wasn't yeah. Belle Starr who mm-hmm. ran her, like, outlaw gang, right? Right. Well, she did a little bit of everything, and she claimed to do a lot of anything, is basically Mm. her deal. So, like, for an example, the way that Jane approached life is, like, if she delivered government mail one time, from then on she had been a Pony Express rider. That kind of thing. Gotcha. 
you know, like if somebody says, oh, I'm pursuing my PhD when they're working on their bachelor's. When they're like, <laughs> I mean, technically. <laughs> I am Shoot. also pursuing my PhD. I got the master's, Liz. I got pretty it, close. You can't prove I'm not going to maybe do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so she did a little bit of everything. She had a reputation as a gunfighter, mostly unearned. Mm -hmm. She had a reputation as a scout. She was a frontier heroine. Okay. She was in the dime novels. And the fact that the dime novels about the characters of the West were popular while these folks were still alive is so wild to me. Mm -hmm. But she's in this series, which I... I assume this name made more sense back then. Um, there was apparently a series of novels about a character called Deadwood Dick. <laughs> Deadwood Dick. Deadwood Dick. Deadwood. <laughs> That's really unfortunate. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just call him Floppy Joe and be done with it. Yeah, Deadwood Dick is what you get when Jane gives you a calamity, I exactly. guess. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yep. You better prune that branch, son, because it's... Yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. That's some dead wood. That's some dead uh, wood. Oh, yeah. no. So, Calamity Jane, some of the other things she said that she did, she said she rode with General George Armstrong Custer. This is demonstrably false, because she would say things like, I rode with Custer against the Apaches, and then... People would say, did you know Custer never rode against the Apaches? Yeah. That doesn't matter. No, it doesn't I matter. I meant something else. I was doing something else. Like, you know, like that, and that man was Albert Einstein. Or like, yes. Forrest Gump is in, like, everything. Every, That's yeah. what Jane would do. She would just write herself into every story. Gotcha. But there's some things that are pretty consistent from people who knew her that are also part of her legend that makes sense. Okay. So one of them was she was tough as nails, and she was very hard drinking. She was very good at driving mules and oxen, and this blew my mind. When they were, like, driving mule trains and and wagons and stuff, they were using a 30-foot whip. No way. How strong would you have to be to do that? Oh, my like, God. Yeah. So she was very good at doing many things, just like Stagecoach Mary, that yeah. we would have considered men's jobs. Mm -hmm. You know, she could put the tack on a horse and she could drive a cart. She was strong. She was little. Uh, okay. She, she was a little. Petite I mean, woman. But she was stocky, I would say. Okay. I've never looked at a picture of her and gone, oh, she's so beautiful. And it's really more about, she looks kind of uncomfortable in front of the camera. Huh. That It's more that than anything else to me. But she wore men's clothes all the time, or depending on how you see it, she wore her clothes, which happened to be pants and shirts. Right. Rather than a dress. Right. Yeah, she's definitely not the Doris Day version of Calamity Jane. No, or the Angelica life. Houston or the Ange version, yeah. or yeah. Yvonne Carlo. She's a very popular Hollywood figure. Yeah, she's kind of little. She's she to me looks uncomfortable on mm -hmm. film. Mm -hmm. 
it's a hard life, you know? She drank hard and was out in the sun a lot. And I mean, it doesn't make her unattractive because that's who she was and the life she was living. But for people of the day where they had a very specific idea of here's what a woman is and does right. and here's what a woman is not, she was right. not ladylike no. to them. She was not feminine. No. She wore pants and she wore coats. And the more I think about like her and Nellie and Mary, I like at a certain point, even if you wanted to wear dresses, could you find them? How they wouldn't you'd have to make them yourself. This is not yeah. an off-the-rack body type you have in a day full of corsets and stays and no. five-foot-two-ness. Out in, like, Deadwood. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, okay, so you've got all of the, like, upstairs saloon girls who came out with one dress. Yeah. And, and then, I mean, there's no, like, Sears. Yeah. There's no eBay. Yeah. Like, what are you, where are you going to buy clothes? You're going to buy clothes where everybody else buys clothes. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to wear pants. Yeah, which is the one mercantile that's selling clothes to bronc busters or, uh, or, yeah. um, I'm trying to say panhandlers, and that's not what I mean. Panners. Miners. Jesus Christ. Yeah. People who pan <laughs> for gold. <laughs> panhandlers. Panhandlers. I like it. They handle pans. Yeah. So, in her time... As, as someone said in 1902, the effete journals of the East mm. lionized her and made famous her reputation. And I guess the experience of really being with Jane was not so romantic. So obviously okay. she gets romanticized to Helen gone, that she's beautiful and feminine yeah. and graceful. And it's like, no, she has the body type of somebody who can throw down a mule and yeah. strap it into its bridle. Like, yeah. she's sturdy. Yeah. And she can drink you under the table. That's her deal. Yeah. But she also romanticized herself. Mm -hmm. So depending on when you asked her, Jane was married between one and eight times. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Not the most marriages we've seen on this show, though, by no. the way. No, but there was, like, one version of it where, like, all her husbands met separate terrible ends. Mm, didn't they? <laughs> and... Uh, the the historical record suggests she probably was common law married maybe once or twice. Okay. And I'm not the marriage police. I'm not here to tell people that if you think you're married to somebody and the government says that you're not, you're not. Like, right. No, you are. It's fine. <laughs> but Jane was kind of a rover. And so that is not always the best match. Like, she was never... I guess I should say the best match the expectations of men in the West in the late 1800s, right? Like, she's never going to settle down and cook you your chili or whatever you're eating. Right, right. <laughs> and, yeah, in the days before Spam, the whatever they cooked for yeah. them, I'm not sure. Whatever it was. Right. And she liked to drink. She liked to fuck. She liked to ride. That was her thing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. She could have hung with us. Absolutely, girlfriend. Anytime you want to come hang out with me, I welcome you with open arms. But it's not... Yeah. You can have... I'm sorry to be crass. You can have different hoes in different area codes, but you probably can't have different bros in different area codes at this time. It's tougher. Yeah. Part of it is that in herself mythologizing mm -hmm. of, I was with Custer, and I was here, and I did this... She liked to link herself to other people who were famous. Okay. So 
The most famous one, of course, being Wild Bill. Yeah, Hickok, right. <laughs> yep. So Wild Bill Hickok and Calamity Jane were both in Deadwood around the same time. That much is true. Okay. The historical records and other commentary from the time suggests that basically what happened is not unlike what happened in Deadwood, which I think you didn't watch, right? No, I... stomach hurt. Yeah, well, yeah, it made my stomach hurt, and it was on at my parents' house, and I'm not going to watch Wild West sex with my parents, which is why I haven't seen Game of Thrones, because I'm not going to watch kind of Viking sex with my parents. Fair enough. Uh, I like it, but I also... I like it of its time and of what it was mm-hmm. and this kind of thing where you can settle in and you're like, okay, I know they're never going to do a good job with this, so I don't have to think about it anymore. <laughs> cool. But the actress they have for Calamity Jane and that is great. Anyway, which is all to say that basically it's not unlike what you might have seen on Deadwood, which is Wild Bill comes into Deadwood. Okay. And he's sick and he's tired and he's traveling with a couple other guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, two brothers, but, you know, adults. And Jane also comes into Deadwood sometime similarly. Bill, I think about two weeks into his tenure in Deadwood, maybe less, gets killed, right? Okay, yeah. By the coward Jack McCall. Yes. Allegedly holding aces and eights with his back to the wall in Nuddles number 10. I, we could go down a whole separate rabbit hole about how much of that is true. But that's the legend, is that somebody got the drop on Bill Hickok mm-hmm. and shot him to death while he was playing poker. Yes. So very, very classic stuff. And he had the classic gunslinger reputation, oh, right? Yeah. Like he would do the sort of walk down the middle of the street thing, but then also had more rough shootouts and then cleverly, if you're going to become famous 150 years later, traveled with Buffalo Bill Cody's stage troupe. Mm, Yes. (laughs) That's a really good way to make sure everybody goes, aha, yes, of the Wild West, I've seen him, and he's famous because I've seen him, and I'm excited that I saw him because he's famous. Oh, yes. He didn't do great, though. He was supposed to be in a play that was called The Scouts of the Plains, and he had lines that he could not memorize because (laughs) they were like this. Fear not, fair maid. By heavens, you are safe at last with Wild Bill, who is ever ready to risk life and die, if need be, in the defense of weak and helpless womanhood. And as the Calamity paper says, it's probably hard to memorize that because no one has ever talked like that. No, no one ever has. Not even Shakespeare talked like that. Yeah, that's like, that blows my mind that imagine... I can't even think of who is a legend right now that would be an appropriate parallel. But the idea that, like, while he is in the middle of the career that will make him a legend of the Wild West, Wild Bill takes out time to go tour as Wild Bill (laughs) is bananas. That is a bananas situation. Yes. Wild Bill and Jane are in the same town at the same time. She was very interested in him. He was, depending on who you ask, either sort of neutral toward her or kind of repulsed by her. Oh. I favor neutral. Yeah. Certainly, despite all the stories, there's almost nothing that you can point to that would say they would have a romantic relationship. Okay. I think the closest thing I saw that made me go, okay, 
maybe something is that there's some resources that suggest that she had sex with the brothers that he was in town with. Okay. Like either one or both of them. Cool. Uh, would Wild Bill have done that? Maybe. He certainly, you know, went to sex workers in his life. Yeah, but he wasn't also, chased. No, but he had just gotten married. Oh, to Agnes Thatcher Lake. Have you heard about her? No. Her deal? She was a circus performer. She was. She rode horses, and she was an actress and a dancer and a lion tamer. <laughs> she sounds amazing. She's wonderful. All right, Agnes. She sounds fucking fantastic. She sounds like a match for him. Oh, yeah. Uh, so they basically met while they were both touring, kept in touch, like, over over letters, and then got married in Cheyenne. Okay. But, of course, she's still working, so she's got to head east and keep touring, and he heads west to Deadwood. Okay. Hoping to gamble and to bring Agnes out to join him. Yeah. And then he passes away. Nobody really knows exactly when she met. Wild Bill Hickok, she was in her early to mid-twenties. He was 39 when he died, which okay. surprised me. I thought he was much older. I did, too. I thought this was like an yeah. old gambler. He was in his 60s kind of thing. And, you know, I know the game is rigged, but it's the only game in town. And then yeah. shot in his, in his like, twilight years. Yeah, I mean, it was his twilight years, but he was also, you know, <laughs> four years older than us. Yeah, I know. It was a hard, it was a hard era. Yeah, fuck, man. Um, so this is a, a harsh way to say it, but there's this, this historian who said, of all the women associated in any way with Wild Bill, she had the least to do with him. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty, pretty gentle fuck you. Yeah, exactly. So when Wild Bill dies, Calamity Jane is not in town. Oh, she will later claim that she was. Of course. Uh, she <laughs> is nowhere around. She doesn't get involved in the aftermath. So the whole story of whatever happened with Wild Bill and who he was, I will save for a different time. But it did not take Jane very long to start mythologizing herself into Wild Bill's story. Okay. So she had this whole story she would tell about when she found out her friend or lover or husband or whatever she was feeling like saying that day. Yeah. Found out that he died and, like, ran into the butchers and grabbed a cleaver and went to go find the guy that killed him and da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. Like a whole spiel. That was a good story. And Jane's whole stock in trade, her thing that she brought to the table was stories. Yeah. She would tell you a story. No, wait, let me put this in the right order. You would buy her a drink, <laughs> and then she would tell you a story, and then you would buy her another drink. Yes. And then maybe she'd go to bed with you if she felt like it. Yes. Not a bad life. Not at but all. But every story that she told would get out of of hand pretty rapidly. Yeah. But one thing that she did do that is not an exaggeration, I want to give her credit for, is in 1877 and 1878, Deadwood has a smallpox calamity. And Jane becomes the, this is where she gets the, the name, the Frontier Florence Nightingale. Oh. Because she says, I had smallpox when I was a child, I can't get it again. 
I'm going to look after these folks. And she had a whole reputation of doing this. She looked after people when they had typhoid, cholera, diphtheria, whatever it was. If somebody got sick, she would drop everything and look after them. This was a really consistent thing with Jane. And in Deadwood, they had what they called, ever so charmingly, the pest house. Of course. And when somebody got sick, they would drop them in there. And Jane moved in. She raised hell to get fresh water delivered. Yeah. She ransacked the general store for food. And somebody complained about the grocery pill. Yeah. And she drew her gun. (laughs) She was like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) So not very much the gentle touch of Nellie of like, I'm sure you won't mind if I take shit. Fuck you. Give me the money. Fuck you. Do it. Yeah, whenever somebody died, she'd wrap him up in a blanket and get him buried. And she would recite the only prayer she knew, Mm -hmm. which was the now I lay me down to sleep, et cetera, thing. Yeah. That's how you want on your side on a crisis, though, dude. I know. Like, she's just willing to fucking roll up her sleeves, throw the fuck down, and make sure you are taken care of. Whether that's through to health or you get as Christian and decent a burial as the time can provide you. Fucking right? Like... This was a time when the mechanism of disease transmission was pretty poorly understood, but you're not going to just go in and hang out with somebody who has smallpox. No. God. You're going to try to get the fuck out of Dodge or Deadwood or whatever (laughs) it is. And although they don't have a lot of vaccines and treatments available, there are conditions like this where the difference between living and dying is whether somebody is going to bring you water and food and make sure you're not lying in your own poop right and put a blanket on you and be there for you and jane over and over and over put herself into this situation and that i really really adore about her definitely that frontier angel moniker applies yes i like that a lot but jane had her own demons to fight yeah she the alcohol was a problem for her yeah as it is for a lot of people especially when you have had a lot of losses in your life like she has had yeah and you are lonely or you've seen some shit yeah uh, and all your the, the culture all around you is just about drinking yeah uh so she kept losing work because of the alcoholism okay one of the jobs that she lost actually was with Buffalo Bill because really? he was like, aha, I will, I will take her with me and she will do the show. Yeah. The famous woman scout of the Wild West, the terror of evildoers, the comrade of Wild Bill. But she didn't really have anything to show off because she, like, oh, she wasn't a trick she, shooter. Yeah. She basically would just come tell her stories, which were... The, at their best, if she was drunk and allowed to cuss, much like me. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, this so is why you it. only teach evening classes after Hells, 5 yes. p.m. And graduate students. Yes. You need to be able to keep up with this shit. Yes. No 17-year-olds who've never been away from home. No. I don't want to scare them. <laughs> you must be this tall to ride this ride. <laughs> oh, my God. But 
it didn't go well. Because, like, Annie Oakley, right, is this very, like, she's petite, she's blonde, she's sweet, she's feminine. Yeah. She's ever so pure. Yeah. And Jane is, God bless her, kind of a train wreck. Totally. And so she can't hold down this job. She can't hold down other jobs. She shacks up with minors. She gets paid for doing whatever. Yeah. She lives a very intriguing life where she, according to her, gets married to a guy named maybe Clinton, maybe Charlie, Burke, (laughs) something. She decides to get married real quick but what's and a says name? that well, who cares, you know, that guy. Yeah. That him. one guy. You know. You know. You know. So according to her, they moved in together, they had a daughter, they well, they got married and then they had a daughter, and they had a hotel in Boulder, and this is basically what the Calamity Papers calls either a sad fantasy or a dressed up dream of respectability. Oh, there's no record that she ever got married to this guy. There's no record that a kid existed. Oh. You can find her other places during this time when she says she's running a hotel with her husband. Yeah. She's, for instance, in Rapid City, Dakota Territory, drunk and riding a bull through downtown. <laughs> That's which the is story great. I would tell. Honestly, instead of this Seymour <laughs> somewhere that's green kind of bullshit musical interlude. Right. Uh-uh, girl. Talk about the writing uh-uh. of the bull. Say that you're naked. Like, we'll dress it up yeah. in that direction. Yeah, what the hell was happening there? Oh, fuck, what, that's this, sad. Isn't it? She's like, yeah, and then I was a great housewife, and I had this daughter. Yeah, um, baby. What probably happened is that Burke had a daughter from a previous marriage. Okay. And when he bailed, Jane ended up with her. Because she does show up in Deadwood in 1895 with a little girl. Yeah, okay. So, like, she came from somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, she got this kid (laughs) off the side of the road or picked it from a tree or something. (laughs) Ran over her parents with a bull and grabbed her. (laughs) I don't know. Looped her with uh, one of those three-foot actually... whips and just, you know, yo-yoed her back to her. Just fucking yoinked her. Yoink. Yeah, I, I don't even know. But according to one source, the townspeople of Deadwood actually raised money to send the kid off to a convent to get educated. Uh, uh, okay. Well, I mean, on the one hand... You know, 19th century convents. On the other hand, Jane's probably going to fucking get drunk and sit on her. Yeah. So, like, we should probably put her someplace (laughs) more secure. Your kid hold mommy's whip. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. God bless her. But Jane would have been, like, you know, somewhere in Montana three months later going, oh, fuck. She's not a regular mom. She's a cool mom. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh. So put a pin in this in this kid. Like okay. remember this. Don't put a pin in Don't a kid. Don't put a pin in a kid, buddy. But remember that she shows up with a daughter at this point because there's a mystery part of this that we'll come back to. All right. So there's all kinds of dime novels going around. There's Calamity Jane, Queen of the Plains, The Beautiful White Devil of the Yellowstone, and my personal favorite, The Heroine of Whoop Up. <laughs> what is Whoop that? Up. Whoop Up. I don't know what whoop-up is, but she's the heroine it's of it. It's not a beat-down, it's not a whoop-ass, it's a whoop-up. It's a whoop-up. It almost sounds like a, like a whip-round or something. Or, and you're like, oh yeah, we whooped up a great potluck for St. Patrick's Day. I don't even know. I don't even know. 
<laughs> it sounds like a drug <sighs> a Wookiee takes. Yeah. Or like a whippet, maybe? Yeah. I have no idea. But her legend is like even getting beyond what she herself is comfortable with. Okay. And there's this whole dynamic that I can't even imagine what it was like, but like tenderfoots would come out and they would want to meet these people. Yeah. Because they were so excited and they would come out and buy a drink. Yeah. And they would be like, sure, you can buy me a drink and I'll tell you a story. But as time goes on, people are coming out going, oh, I want to meet Calamity Jane. She killed Crazy Horse. <laughs> I want to meet Calamity Jane. She's the only person that survived Little Bighorn. I, I want to meet Calamity uh. Jane. She's got 40 scalps on her belt. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's got lasers for eyes and she's yeah. 10 feet tall. Calamity uh, Jane got... shits gold and breathes cotton candy. <laughs> she's got three tails and can read thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Fish can't I read a book, though. Oh, I no. don't fucking know. Your fame so, is its own beast, Miss Jane. Yeah, it kind of gets away from yeah. her. And in some cases, it's working for her because she's getting, you know, gigs. Yeah. I guess that's yeah. a gig in a certain sense. Free but publicity. in some ways, it's very hard to live up to this. Mm -hmm. And she can't actually entirely parlay it the way that some of them could. Okay. Right? Some of them were good at saying, okay. What I did is not what I'm going to do anymore. I'm going to go on tour. I'm going to make money. I'm going to do speaking gigs yeah. or whatever. The end years of Jane's life were kind of sad. So by the end of 1900, she's found around Livingston, Montana. She's sick. She's drunk. She's sleeping in a bordello. They try to, like kind of clean her up a little bit so that she can come to the Pan-American Exposition okay. in Buffalo, New York. They're like, okay, so all you have to do is stop swearing and drinking and partying. No. And she's like, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh -uh. Yeah. So she rides into Buffalo. Like, she, they buy it, apparently. I don't oh. know. I mean, I guess at that point you're like, Sure, maybe you'll hold it together long enough that I can get my commission. Right. She rides into Buffalo. She's got a four-horse team hitched to an old-fashioned buckboard. She's wearing buckskins and a giant sombrero. <laughs> and in each of her back pockets is a bottle of whiskey. Stop it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I mean, luckily, Leon Sholgosh shoots William McKinley and kind of upstages her, so nobody really worries about... But he's too upset. No, about, you know, her reviews. <laughs> Where'd you get the hat, Jane? God damn it. Where'd you get the fucking sombrero? Where'd you get the sombrero? <laughs> oh my god. So, any place that she can go, she's selling this autobiography, <sighs> which is, like, little and sad, clearly ghostwritten by yeah. somebody who's trying to, like, write like they think she would write if she could write. <laughs> So, like, stuff is misspelled, and it's weird. She's blown all her money. Buffalo Bill Cody catches up with her after the exposition and buys her a train ticket back to Montana. Aww. And she's back in Livingston. She's selling her biography to, like, people who are visiting Yellowstone. Okay. In 1903, she goes back to the Black Hills. Okay. Where Deadwood is. She's almost blind. She is working as a cook. And a laundress. 
and finally goes on a bender. Yeah. Rides an ore train to a little mining town near Deadwood, collapses, and dies on August 1st, 1903. So she dies August 1st, 1903. Of what they said was inflammation of the bowels and pneumonia. It could have been fucking anything, right? It's 1903. It's Jane. God knows what she ate or drank. Who knows? She may have had some kind of disease. She may have just have drunk too much. She may have eaten any of the food that anyone was serving at that time. Yeah. Who knows? But this was very nice. Although she died on August 1st, everybody agreed to say she died on August 2nd because that's the day Wild Bill died. And they have a huge funeral for her, one of the biggest Deadwood ever had, and both the undertaker who donated her coffin and the person who's the caretaker of Mount Moriah Cemetery were nursed through the smallpox epidemic by Jane when they were boys. fuck. That's cool. Isn't that super sweet? So they bury her next to Wild Bill. Okay. And I've been there. And it is cool. And I love that even though she probably just knew him for a couple weeks, she wrote her story so well. She promoted herself so well. Yeah. That she's buried next to him for all time. Their names are linked for all time, even though he probably, he didn't know he was in the last weeks of his life. Yeah. He was like, and here's this lady. Yeah. Okay, she looks like she's got a lot going on. I'm just going to get back to drinking myself to death. Yeah. And uh, I'm busy. Yeah, I'm busy. They actually took a line that I found is attributed to her in my research and gave it to him in Deadwood, which is, can't you let me go to hell my own way? Oh, my God, that's a good line. I think it characterizes both of them. Yeah. But... I don't know. She lived like, she was maybe 50 when she died. Yeah. She's a very hard person to nail down, except for the one indisputable fact that she wanted to be a legend. Yeah. And I think she succeeded. Yeah. She fucking right. got it, man. Whether she wrote the she, story or yeah. not, yeah. I'll buy it. Yeah, exactly. There were probably other women in this era, I mean, we know there were, who were writing as hard or harder and drinking as hard or harder. Yeah. But she knew how to tell the story. Yeah. And she knew how to show up. And she was, in some ways, I I feel like she had it the, the worst of both worlds because... She was expected to be ladylike in a time when being ladylike was functionally impossible, right? Right. Like, we know what the deal was in the 19th century. Like, you needed a maid to put you in your damn dress. Oh, yeah. Like, you needed help to wear clothes. Yeah. Like, what are you, you going to You can't be a lady in Deadwood. No. God. Like, no. That's not on the table. Uh-uh. But then people talked about her like she was some kind of circus freak for wearing pants, and it's like, hi, you're so close to understanding that the reason she wears pants is because the job that you guys all do requires pants. Requires pants. Yeah. Which fucking one of you is going to do your job in a skirt? Yeah. None yet. Mm-hmm. None yet. Exactly. All right. So we've done two of the three things that I wanted to tell you about in this episode. Here comes a third one. Oh. The Canary's Chick. Yeah, yes, the baby. The baby. 
So when she wrote her autobiography, Calamity Jane said Wild Bill was her friend. In the dime novels, he was her lover. Uh-huh. And then, on May 6th, 1941, a tiny 68-year-old woman comes forward and she says, My name is Jean Hickok McCormick, and I am the daughter of Wild Bill and Calamity Jane. What? This happened. She comes forward on this radio program that's called We the People, which I don't know what it was about. My guess is it's about, like, here's an interesting person from Des Moines, Iowa. Yeah, yeah. They have 17 bulldogs. Teeth. I don't know. Oh. I'm making this all up. You are. But, <laughs> but she comes up on the show and she says, I am their daughter and I have proof. I have this old album that contains all the letters that my mother, Calamity Jane, wrote to me oh and a handwritten marriage certificate was that oh the oh oh, of someone who remembered the part where jane was illiterate well (laughs) no i wish i was that smart or that i would take it uh if i was jane i would go yeah yeah exactly that's what i meant i was just like yup holy shit okay yeah so she has this old album that's got all these letters that were written Well, here's what she says. They were written between 1877 and 1903, and there's a handwritten marriage certificate and a Bible Mm -hmm. that shows that Jane and Bill got married, which is exciting because Jane herself never brought this up. Also, Bill is married. Yeah, he's already fucking married. He's like a newlywed. He's not just married, he's a newlywed. When they cross paths. But let's go down the storyline of what Jean says happened. Okay. And then maybe see if we can overlay that onto what everyone else in the universe says. Yeah. Fun times. Fun. So Jean says that when she was a baby, her mother, Calamity Jean, gave her away to a steamship captain for the Cunard Line. Named James O'Neill and his wife Helen. They were traveling in the American West. They meet Calamity Jane. They become friends with her. Jane is alone and broke and sick. And she says, here, you take my baby and raise her in England and give her a good education. Okay. So the O'Neills take this baby back to Richmond, Virginia, and then to Liverpool, England, Allegedly, her name was Jane, and they changed it to Jean Irene, which is too matchy-matchy for my taste. Way too matchy-matchy. Yeah. And so after, in this this version, in this tale, after she gives up her daughter, Calamity Jane does all the other stuff. You know, she goes through Montana and Wyoming and the Dakotas, and she's having her adventures. But she's writing this series of letters to Janie, which is what she calls Jean. Okay. That are never mailed. So they're like an epistolar... What is it called? An epistolary... I can't remember. Epistolary novel? Yeah. Yeah. So they're basically like halfway between a diary and letters. Yeah. But apparently when she dies somebody finds this and sends it to captain o'neill and then when he dies in 1912 somehow gene ends up with the album and that's when she discovers she's the daughter of wild bill and calamity jane okay so the stories in the letters and the letters themselves are good writing 
Okay. And that they're an interesting story. Okay. And they're kind of emotional, and they're sweet, and they are logically inconsistent. <laughs> like, there's stuff where she's like, thanks, Captain O'Neill, for sending me a bottle of ink and a pen so I could write to you. And you're like, you could fucking buy ink in Deadwood. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, what's going on like, here? Cool. That was not hard to come by. But she's writing letters that keep reinforcing, you know, oh, well, this was the day your father died, and I went to your father's grave, and I went to the Custer battlefield, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And she explains that according to her, she met Wild Bill, who she calls James for some reason. Stop. Uh, (laughs) Too hard for me. Yeah, she says she met him in an exciting incident in Kansas where she overheard a bunch of outlaws about to kill him. And so she crawled on her hands and knees through the brush for over a mile, got to where Bill was, told him he hides her behind the door. He has a shootout with the outlaws. She'll never forget what he looked like with blood running down his face while he used two guns. He never aimed, and I guess he never known to miss anyone he aimed at. So Uh. in, in this version, then somehow Bill gets sick, unclear. She nurses him back to health. And then they get married just real quick. Okay. And so Janie is therefore not illegitimate. Of course not. Or as Jane, quote unquote, in this would have, she's not a Woods cult, (laughs) which I love. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck a Woods cult is. I'd rather be a Woods cult. It sounds cool. It sounds great. It sounds kind of leggy and like... Coachella style. Yeah, super Harry Potter meets hippie chick meets. Yeah. I don't know. That's exactly what I would have wanted when I was 12 years old for someone else to tell me I resembled. That would have been. A Woods cult. Yeah, that would have been a compliment. Fuck yeah. I wanted to be Misty of Chincoteague. Did you ever read those books? Nope. They're various books about famous horses. Nope. <laughs> Because, you know, I was going to develop a deep and meaningful relationship with a horse. Yeah, yeah. I read... That was my plan. Yeah, I read similar. It was, you know, it was always the horse was named Wildfire. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So, to in, in order to make everything lined up... Yeah. The story says that Jane divorced Bill so that he could marry Agnes. <laughs> and, you know... <laughs> That's awful big of her. Yeah, she's just that nice. Yeah, she divorced him so he could marry her. Why? Was the world going to end if he didn't get to marry Agnes? I was trying to make amends for the jealous times and my spells of meanness. No, that's not a a reason. A man can love two women at one time. He loved her and he still loved me. Like, okay, concur, but like, you're a little ahead of the curve for some kind of enlightened polyamory situation. Fictional calamity, Jane. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, so you're not buying this, is what you're telling me. I'm not buying a ton of this. Okay. And Uh, this is, so I, did I, did I, like, blank out the, this is not at all the little girl that 
calamity Jane came to Deadwood with that went to the convent, right? Nope. This is a totally this is different totally, adult woman yeah. who is appearing and saying, I am her daughter. Yeah. So I guess the linking between those two is there is between zero and four kids that can be attributed to Calamity Jane. What? And because of how Jane ran her life, it's very unclear. Like, I think... Given that she liked to get down, it would have been surprising if she never got pregnant, sure. right? They, they did not have a very robust birth control system at the time. Sure, but but, but given that she was on bulls and drinking, it ah. would have been surprising if she had remained pregnant. Yeah, I imagine any zygote day one was like, oh, I'm out. Was totally no, 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 like, no, no. uh-uh, reincarnate me. Done. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nope. Do over. Whoops. Wrong floor. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Hit the button. Go back. <laughs> so according to this album, there's she gets to meet her daughter Jean twice without realizing without Jean realizing that she's meeting her biological mother. Okay. She starts to say things in the very last letter. Like, forgive me, Janie, if they fail to bury me beside your father, you will see that it is done should you ever get this. And then, in an exciting additional component, on June 3rd, 1903, abruptly, this journal or album or whatever you want to call it says, I've lied about my past life. I'm actually sisters with Belle Starr. No, you are not. (laughs) This is so, this is too many. Lombard Street has the exact number of twists and turns you can have, and this is too many. This is too many. Yep. Hate it. This is too far. Also, I raised Belle Star's daughter and passed her off as my own child. I'm like, where'd that kid go? Who are you talking exactly. to? What's happening? And also, Belle Star married William Hickok, who was a cousin of Wild Bill's. Okay, sure. Oh, I'm and then mad. You're you're mad at how lazy this forgery yeah, is, I and am. I am too. So there's also in the album, which is like a mix of letters that are attached to the album and like random pages that are just kind of stuck in there okay like when you borrow notes from somebody else in high school <laughs> and stick them in your thing yeah they have this this marriage certificate which is signed by two reverends so it's definitely extremely legit uh where when you look at it from a historical perspective, these guys were not there. Okay. They were not anywhere near where she claims she was. Okay. And among other things, the f- one of the guys who apparently signed this marriage certificate is the same pastor who married Bill to Agnes. <laughs> and isn't that mighty big of him? That's real big of him. That was super nice. So kind. Wow, he overlooked yeah. everything he felt about divorce and polygamy. Yeah. And all that stuff that he would have felt as a, as a Christian preacher back in the day. Yeah, no, he was like, oh, I understand. You know, Jane left you to make up for the times she was mean. So let's just marry you to this lion tamer lady. Yeah. Cool. No further questions, Bill. Carry on. Yeah, keep doing what you're doing, baby. Yep. <laughs> Live your truth, sir. So, 
part of what I love about historians is they are data-oriented like me. Yeah. I'm a data-oriented person. I love it when somebody can say, here's what I know, here's how I know it, here's when I learned it, and here's what I've concluded. And the historians went through and they said, okay, basically we have this faux diary that is entirely based of exactly what was published about Calamity Jane during the time that somebody would have been filling this in right before they decided to go on the radio. Okay. So it's not like, if you remember other contested diaries, it's not like the bandit Invincible, where somebody goes through and says, holy shit, like he mentions this, this bar that no one else has ever mentioned but if i go really deep in the historical record it did exist oh yeah okay the only shit that's in this album is stuff that you could find that was already published <laughs> about okay mm-hmm. wow awkward yeah so gene rides this wave for about 10 years okay She gets her moment in the sun, she gets interviewed, she goes to rodeo, she goes to Deadwood and puts flowers on the graves of her alleged parents. Mm. She even goes to a Hickok family reunion. Touching. Touching. So sweet. She dies of heart failure in Billings, Montana on February 21st, 1951. Yeah. Age 77, according to her birth certificate, or her birth date that she claimed. Her heart couldn't bear the weight of those lies. (laughs) i like your version the only question i think that remains about what's going on with this album of never sent letters is did gene do it or did someone else do it and give it to gene yeah how culpable is gene yeah because like it gave her some celebrity but it wasn't the hugest deal. Okay. It, you know, like, she got to go to, like, you know, Prairie Days. Yeah. And stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I'm, I mean, it's exciting, but it's not a great high reward to the risk that you're putting forward. Yeah. But on the other hand, why the hell would her actual parents have decided to fake up this whole thing and then leave it for her to find after they die? Yeah. That would be weird as hell. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out who has the most to gain from this, and it's Jean. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just, yeah. like, ten cents, that's still ten cents more than she had. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Weird. And the fact that, like... There's nothing in there that wasn't available if you researched it. And that Jean apparently sat on this information for, like, a long time. Yeah. A good several years, such as the several years that you would need to do the research. To do, yeah. To yeah. fake this thing. Yeah. Um, so. Girl, if you were going to do this, like, go all out and pretend to be Anastasia Romanoff. Yeah. Lean the fuck in. Really do doing? it. Yeah. So I guess I guess what she had going for her is nobody could prove that Jane never had a daughter. Yeah. Because Jane never stayed in one place long enough. Okay. But okay. I don't believe that Jane was Jane's daughter biologically. Yeah. However, the fact that she showed up and had a massive bullshit story... And went out and partied on it. <laughs> she, I mean, spiritually, spiritually yeah. 
She is absolutely Jane's daughter. percent hers. Yep. yep. <laughs> Not just her kid, but reincarnated, you know? Right? Fuck. Yeah. And I feel like, were she alive, if some girl came up and said, oh, Calamity Jane, you're my mother, and Wild Bill Hickok is my father, Jane would have been like, my baby. <laughs> yup. You are right, my daughter. So good mm-hmm. to see you. Who wants to buy us dinner? <laughs> Who's buying? Who's buying? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So that that part, that extra bit of, like, this person who comes out of nowhere, this is the case for every single legendary Wild West psychological West person. Yeah. And I will hunt every single one of them down if they have spent any time in the Northwest. Yeah. I got nothing but time. I have no time. You have no time. Um, but like <laughs> Wyatt Earp, Doc Holliday, Calamity Jane, Wild Bill, Butch Cassidy, the number of fakes and frauds and hucksters who want to show up and say, yeah, that was me. Mm-hmm. That was me. Uh, is relentless and amazing. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that somebody pointed out in either of these resources, I don't remember, is like, there may well have been more than one person who, if you said, are you Calamity Jane? Said, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you, in looking at photos of Calamity Jane, the the pictures of her in her frontiersman's outfit in her pants look wildly different to me than the photo of her, the famous one of her at Bill's grave. Yeah, And is it the angle? Is it the fact she's smiling? Is it the fact that her hair is not so severely combed back? I don't know what it is, but I would have, I would have told you those are two different women. Right? So I think in some ways, whoever... Martha Canary was. Yeah. She stepped into this role that was as much an archetype as what Nellie did, right? Mm. Nellie Cashman. Nellie Cashman, yeah. If you imagine this frontier situation, whatever it might be, there's going to be somebody who the amazing thing about them is the way that they rise above it and preserve their femininity. Yeah. And civilization and the angel of the house or whatever else you want to put on her. Yeah. And then there's this other person who is blowing your entire tiny mind <laughs> because she is a woman, but she's doing all the man things. Yeah. And she's doing the man things better than the men. Yeah. And that's amazing in itself. Mm-hmm. And people people responded to that different ways. Some people felt the need to overtly feminize her, right? And say, and she's super heterosexual. She, and yes. she loves this other famous man that you have already heard of. Yes. <laughs> yes. We call her the she beauty has, of the yes. pretty. Uh, yeah. She's super beautiful and romantic and feminine and all yeah. this kind of stuff. And then some people went, I think, a little extremely the other direction. Like, she's so nasty. She's so right. homely. She's gross. Right. And I'm like, uh, as far as I can tell, Jane was not so much a beauty that everybody felt the need to comment on it. Yeah. But at 3 a.m., Never had a hard time finding somebody who wanted to go home Mm -mm. with her. So, in other words, basically where all of us are most of the time. Right. Right. She was just living it really the fuck out loud. 
yeah, yeah. So I love that. I can't be too mad at Jean because she's basically just carrying on a tradition oh, yeah. Yeah. of rampant bullshit. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I I love that of all the legends that we have of the West, Jane is not famous for killing. Right? Right. She's not famous because she was in shootouts right. or was the fastest gun in the West or anything. She's... It's kind of hard to put your finger on what she's famous for besides having a great name. Yeah. But there's kind of the, like, Calamity Jane O'Cam vaguely aware of her. Yeah. She was tough. And then if you know, like, one standard deviation more of information about her, what you know about her is that she took care of the sick. Yeah. And all those things are real. And so I cherish her for that mm-hmm. because she, I think she's a cut above the rest. Mm-hmm. That what she becomes famous for is flaunting the norms and looking after people who have nothing and no one. And I'm like, that is a hell of a way to go. Oh my god, if that could be my legacy for bucking tradition and for helping people, yeah, I'm fine with that. That can be on my grave. Yeah, and it makes me think of Nellie all over again. It makes yeah. me think of Mary with her flowers and her restaurant that goes under because yeah. she's not feeding people you, for free. I know, I know. Yeah. These women who are like, I have looked at your society. I have looked at what you expect of me. Hard pass. <laughs> I'm going to do the fuck I want. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that I don't have compassion. Right. It doesn't mean that I don't have empathy. As Like, empathy and toughness can coexist. Oh, absolutely. You know? It's, um, and I just like that. Okay. I like I like any person or story that, like you said, it's coexisting that she was super fucking tough but she also did incredibly kind things and she did it all on her terms it was like this not even chaotic good she was like hedonistic good yeah yeah she she didn't stress out about like oh no you're supposed to marry people before you have sex with them and you're never supposed to accept money in exchange for sex she's just like oh i'm gonna kind of do whatever i want yeah I'm gonna and yeah. uh, I'm gonna extend that to uh, writing myself into other people's stories after they die. And on the one hand, from a historical perspective, that's a little bit frustrating. But on the other hand, she already knew she was a legend, and she already knew that Bill was a legend. Yeah. What the fuck are you gaining from being modest at that yeah. point? Yeah. You're like, actually, we didn't know each other that well. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that. No. Nobody's buying you pinks for that. Uh-uh. Like, come on now. No. No, sex oh, it up. absolutely. Zhuzh we have love for the ages. Fuck, dude. If I was still in art school, what my thesis would be would be to be Jean's daughter. I would mm. just keep this going. Yes. I love that. And it makes sense to me. And... I think in some ways, too, I love when people play with the framework because they expose how how false it is. Yeah. And I, I said that kind of abstractly. What I mean is that, like, okay, Calamity Jane never married Wild Bill, and maybe they slept together and maybe they didn't. But the legends that they were overlapped. Yeah. And that's close enough. It's I think what you're pointing out is that it at that point it doesn't matter what the truth is because you 
regardless of the truth, you kind of get the heart of of who she was. This is the West, sir. When the legend becomes yeah. bad, you print the legend. Yeah. I cannot imagine what it was like to be somebody living this grubby, exhausting, physically demanding life, and then realizing that people are reading about your adventures and making up their own fictional versions of who you Mm -hmm. are, but also coming out to meet you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What a trip. In Larry McMurtry's Sacagawea's nickname, there's this very, very sad part about this tracker, whose name I will not remember for the purposes of this episode. Of course. Where he's trying to rescue this woman because, of course, they're in contested territory. They're on tribal lands. They're fighting with a tribe over being there because they fucking shouldn't be there. And this woman gets captured. She gets killed. And when this tracker arrives finally to find her body, he sees that she has a book where he is a hero. Oh, God. And so she was believing (sighs) that this superhero is going to come save her. Yeah. That she is in a story and he is going to make everything right. Yeah. And it's like, no, this is imperialism and genocide and nastiness, and you've walked straight into it, and you are not in a superhero story, and you are not in a Wild West story. You're in the West. Right. And you died. Right. But you died believing that he was going to come make everything right, because, like, that Wild Bill thing, I will protect any woman from the ravages of (laughs) whatever, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's unusual that the myth was so robust as the reality was still happening. Mm. That trips me mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's, you were talking about how people were not only hearing the legend that Calamity was saying or the truth that Calamity was saying, whether it was real or false, what she was saying, and then it was getting this own mind and becoming its own mm-hmm. beast. And then she'd be reading about things that she had supposed to have done But then, for me, I can't remember reality half the time, so I certainly couldn't remember (laughs) shit that I made up. So if I'm Mm -hmm. hearing stuff, for me, I'd be going, did I do that? I don't fucking know. I might as well go with it. I probably better go with it. Because if I don't pull on that thread, the whole fucking thing comes undone. (laughs) That's a load-bearing bullshit right there. That's a load-bearing bullshit, my friend. (laughs) Mm-mm. We don't touch that one. Mm-mm. No, and if you're broke and you want a drink and somebody's giving you positive attention, yeah, she she sounds like a person who lived very much in the present. Yeah, right. And so the person that Calamity Jane was was the sum total of what really happened, plus what she said happened, plus what other people thought happened. Yeah, and that's not less real. In some ways. Well, no. And at the end of the day, all we are, what people remember us. I mean, that's that's the immortality yeah. factor, right? So exactly. when I'm dead, it doesn't matter if my favorite color was blue. If that's what's printed, mm-hmm. that's the new reality. Yeah. Yeah. What a, what a strange life. Mm-hmm. And I'm impressed and puzzled by Jean to decide to say that she was the daughter. Yeah. Of- <laughs> 
of wild Bill yeah. and Jane. I mean, it's not impossible, but it's certainly not very well supported. Yeah, it's so improbable. Get on with your bad self, Jean. Why Do it, not? Jean. Like you said, yeah. honor her, honor Jane's legacy by being the spirit daughter she maybe yeah. ever had. Exactly. And that doesn't seem to have been Bill's thing. Bill seems to have been like, I'm really sad that I'm famous for shooting a lot of people. Yeah, well. I would like to just kind of die now. (laughs) (laughs) Please just let me gamble. That's my preferred method. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Why not? Go for it. The psychological West. Okay. That was a very sprawling story. Thank you for coming with me (laughs) through through all of it. (laughs) You wrapped it it up so beautifully and neatly like 15 minutes ago. And then I was like, no, we're going to keep talking. Let's keep talking. talking. We made a neat little bow, and then we just started throwing more ribbons on that package. So many curly ribbons. It's very fancy now. I did think it it qualified, because she was a jerk of Montana. She was in and out of Montana. She was in and out of all parts of the West, because she went wherever she felt like. Because, all right, Jane, do that. Girlfriend, if a brush with celebrity is enough for Jane to say that she was their BFF, then a brush with Montana is enough for us to say Jane was in our wheelhouse. Yeah, close enough for me. When she moved out West, she started in Montana, and when she died, she died in Montana. She well, yeah, well, more or less. She got re- she started to die in Montana, yeah. and then she managed to limp back toward Deadwood. Whatever, Liz. We good. We could have said that Jane was born in Spokane, and Jane would have been like, "Yeah, uh huh, yep, sure, yep." I'm like, "Hey, Jane, I'll I'll put some quarters on your grave if you say you were born in Spokane." She'd be like, "So." <laughs> She'd be like, "Not only was I born in Spokane, I loved it. I love all the stuff that's on their graves right now. I think I've talked before on the show about how disappointing I found Deadwood. Yeah, because it's it's like Cripple Creek. It's just casino, 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 yeah. casino. Yeah, and not even like playful saloon." retro casino but just like eh, yeah just fucking i don't like it no i don't like it you're not the fun like Mm-mm. campy version of yourself you're not vegas you're not disneyland you're not playing into this you're not leavenworth you're just sad yeah, yeah. but the cemetery is there and both their graves have coins notes guitar picks bullets right <laughs> like, all the stuff, but the part where they're both legends means they should be next to each other. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. Yeah, that's what she wanted, and I don't think he would have begrudged her that. No, I would hope not. No. He didn't seem like a, a harsh guy. Yeah. I don't think that he loved Jane. I don't think that he felt strongly toward her, but I don't think that he would have held it against her that she made of their relationship was she right yeah so good for you jane good for you bill good for you jane you guys know how to make a legendary west yes and i approve (laughs) i approve (laughs) we salute you we salute you we love a story so if you want all our stories you're going to go to ouijabrods.com we have our full episodes we have our lost episodes our guides our fragrances Uh uh-huh of all things, someday I'll edit that fragrances episode. I'm trying. You're doing your best. <laughs> it's hard to find time. Jane would approve of you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely about to get right on that. <laughs> Who wants to buy me a drink? <laughs> you edit better with a beer in your hand, <laughs> don't you? There we go. 
I feel like what I mostly offer the world at this point is various Zodiac-based memes. Yep, it is. But I'm sure I do it. something else. Yeah. What did you, what was yours in the one I shared today where it was like strange sea creatures? I. Was yours as on point as mine, mine was? Mine was not quite as on point, but it was a good mix because I was born on the cusp. I am a Pisces, yeah. but I can trend uh, Aries. And mine was a Nautilus. And I thought it was pretty oh. good because if they swim too deep, their shells will implode. If a Pisces gets too far in their head, their brains will implode. And mine's like, yeah, okay. I mean, I'm not an internal thinker. I'm, I feel like I'm fairly surface level, but I can definitely make a mountain out of a molehill. So if you let <laughs> me get that deep into it, yeah. It says they protect themselves yeah. by locking themselves in their house and refusing to leave. And I identify with that a lot lately. That's fair. You were Scorpio as the vampire squid, and what I fucking loved was has a reputation for being scary, but just kind of gently floats around in the dark, which is That's so me. fucking you. And also, That's entirely me. Also appreciates that subtle goth aesthetic and works it into daily life very well, which is so Word. fucking you. Yes. I appreciate <sighs> that uh, the Aquarius was also the flying gunnard, and it was aesthetically pleasing if you're into that weird shit. <laughs> and we and are. We are. That's what I want to lean into in 2019. Uh, Cultivate my weird. Face- yeah. Facebook is fun. Twitter is fun. Instagram is fun. Come on wherever. Come on to Ouijabrods.com. Come on to Patreon.com. <laughs> Come on to me. <laughs> Come on to Devin. Go for it. She don't mind. She- Buy her a drink. Yep. Buy her some uh, mozzarella sticks, buy me, yeah. actually, is my recommendation. Buy Liz mozzarella, or buy Devin mozzarella sticks, buy Liz a drink, see how far you get with either of us. <laughs> Win-win. And I think, let's see, so I did the social media, I did the Patreon. That's most of it, right? That's the big ones. You should subscribe to Nostalgia Magazine to get your written updates. Yes, you should. But really, I like that you subscribe. I like that you rate and review. Even though I don't get to comment on every review, I do get to see it. And it makes my day when people say sweet stuff like, I wish I could hang out with them or they seem fun or they're having a good time and I like the banter because you can't please everyone in this world. And there are some people who think we don't get down to business fast enough in terms of topics. Ew. You can read a Wikipedia page. Yeah, get out of here. If you need... The Bare Facts Ma'am, there are shows for that. And if you need to know about unfortunate wedding hair that we've had in our lives, (laughs) there's this show. (laughs) This was a wacky, weird one and was so sprawling that I appreciate you coming with me on the journey Mm -hmm. because, holy shit, Jane, like... She got around. Get down with your bad self. You're, you are a party in yourself. But my friends, thank you for joining us for the story of Jane and her erstwhile daughter and all the adventures that you can come up with in the world if you don't care whether what you're saying has any basis in reality. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think my recommendation from this story for all of you is think about what the coolest version of who you are can do and just say you did that. Amen. Cause you're pretty awesome. I can tell. Oh yeah. You've, I'm sorry. You've put up with like 10 minutes of our bullshit outro. If you are still listening, I can tell you for free that you are awesome. Exactly. 
Because you know how to live weird. I bet you know how to die weird. And how to stay weird. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.